It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. All right, go, Jacob. And welcome to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, July fourth, two thousand thirteen. My name is Jacob. Father Greg. Jacob, great Greg. You almost missed the date there. It's an easy date to remember. I don't know what to tell. Individual rights. And then finally, we thought, I thought 
how well this will go, but I thought it was a potential thing for discussion. To contrast this physical nation we live in with the eternal spiritual kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So those are the questions we want to go to in our study tonight, Jacob. All right. Uh, we've got just a couple of emails. I'm asking everybody's pretty busy today with all kinds of activity. We got an email from our friend Chris in the U.K. Of course, it's not a holiday no, in the U.K. No, it's, it's an anti-holiday in the U.K. We'd be amiss if we didn't 
in the program talking about some things that we enjoy uh, in this country. Money, uh, some things that you think of that you think about the blessings we enjoy in America. To me, the most important blessing that we enjoy is the ability to be able to worship and serve God in the way that we understand our study of the Bible to be the correct and proper way. There, there are other places in the world where that would be a challenge for us to be able to do that, but we can do that here with a relatively secure idea that nobody's on come in and arrest us for it or come in and try to kill us for it. So uh, that's a very valuable blessing, I believe, that to me which should be the most valuable. All right, uh, Gary, some, some things you think about as well. We need to, of course, appreciate the affluence of our country, but at the same time, that affluence uh, creates problems for people. Uh, Paul wrote to Timothy in First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6, uh, chapter 6, First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, it said, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, which some reaching after have been led astray from the faith, and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And then in verse 17, he says, Charge them that are rich in this present world that they be not high-minded, nor have their hopes set on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, that they be ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on the life, which is life indeed. So the influence of our country blesses us greatly. We have more than most people in the world. If you just count the, the how many pairs of shoes do we have in our closet? And there are a lot of people in this world that don't need a lot of pair of shoes. <laughs> that's right. But that's the, that's the kind of thing that we don't often even stop to count, Gary. We, you know, when we talk about count blessings, we don't stop to count those simple blessings that are just all around us where we live. That's right, Greg. Uh, all all our, our affluence has made us overlook the simple things of life. It's hard to appreciate those simple things. Yeah. So it, it, it is a worthy exercise, maybe even on a day like the 4th of July, to stop and, and just be grateful for what we have and, and be thankful. That's also awesome. things you think about as well. I think, obviously, what they just said, uh, freedom, freedom of religion, uh, our, our relative uh, high affluence, the ease of communication, ease of transportation. We've got lots of conveniences in this country, we should be thankful for all of those things. All right. Well, and uh, and uh, I, the passage that uh, Gary mentioned that we, we need to go back and remember that it's God that has given us all these things we enjoy and that he should that as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, and I, I want to get to that in our follow-up points that we'll be discussing, but, you know, we should never imagine that, that, that everything we have is because of our greatness, our uh, incredible abilities so forth, you know, I think that's one of the dangers we begin to stop trusting in God. We'll talk more about that uh, as we get a little farther off, but just the very point of gratitude is something that we need to stress, you know, uh, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. We should never cease to be grateful for the abundance that we enjoy. You know, just, here's a bunch of us gathered right here. Uh, we, we, we have the leisure the, the, to be able to go on a, a camping trip, you know. Uh, if you think not many generations ago, our ancestors, they 
they worked literally from sunup to sundown every day just in order to have enough for the next day. Uh, the idea of taking several days off uh, to vacation, to take a camping trip, to enjoy just downtime, uh, it, it's amazing what we have. All right. It is, and we need to make sure that we're cognizant of that, uh, and that we don't take it for granted. And, uh, you know, worse than even taking it for granted is complaining about it. Yeah, so we don't have, uh, we've got guys like the full money. You know, I believe that's very correct because I think in a lot of respects in our freedoms that we enjoy and take so for granted, we've become a nation of liars that we complain about every little thing if it isn't exactly perfectly the way we want it to be or think it should be. When in generations past to our, our ancestors, uh, they wouldn't have, if they had the lifestyle we've got, they couldn't have imagined complaining about anything. All right. Uh, all right. We've got to be careful with that. Well, all right. We, we, we said, what do you think of the group? I think I said, say, what do you believe to be the greatest? Oh, I said, well, greatest blessing. If you had to put your finger on one, Jacob, what do you think your, your greatest blessing to live in America is? You guys got to pick one. We've got to pick one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's a hard, that's a hard decision. What do you think, Ronnie? Give me, give me one, Ronnie. Maybe it'll start. Well, to me, it has to be the, the freedom that we have to worship God. Because beyond, if we're not worshiping God properly, then nothing else really matters because we're not going to have heaven. Yeah, I think so. Okay, what do you think? I agree with Monty, and, but, but I'm thinking about some of the pitfalls of the fact that we enjoy such rigorous freedom in this country. You know, I think that, I, you, you look at the faith of the people who didn't have that freedom, and I think their faith is stronger than the faith we see in our country today. I think so, Jacob, because of the trials they had to endure, which worked to strengthen their faith, right, and to help them to be patient and to learn endurance. Uh, some qualities that I think we're, we're a little bit, we, we've fallen off from some of that because we haven't had the hard times to help try our faith and test it and prove it, uh, to, to make it good quality. Like James talks about, for example, in James chapter one. All right, Joe, what do you think? Can you pick one thing that you think is our biggest blessing in America? I think I agree with Monty and, and, and Gary. What's already been said. I want to get to Deuteronomy chapter eight and start talking about some of our pitfalls. All right, let's right, go to that right, right after this break. break. We'll yeah, get yeah, the guys, finger there. We got twenty guys in the room. Anybody got any thoughts? Okay, all right. Uh, you guys, all right. Okay, thank you. When we get back, let's. Let's, let's branch off into that. What are the, the follow-up question was, what do you think are the greatest potential dangers of living in the United States of America? And then I asked specifically, what about some of the things that we hold as cultural values like self-reliance, majority rule, and individual rights? There'll be some other now you're going to get downright un-American on it here, so potentially, yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to that on the other side of the break. Um, we're going to hand it back to Jeff. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The Virtual Bible Study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this in-depth Bible study every Thursday night? Here's some quotes worth pondering. Be tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the striving, long-suffering with the weak, and supportive to the strong, because someday in life you will have been all of these. 
Nobody can go back and start a new beginning, but anyone can start today and make a new ending. Hockey great Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Man, wish I'd said that. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3, 17. Now, back to the program. Here we go. And we're back on the program tonight, and we appreciate you for being a part of it. We're looking forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Uh, you can't do that. Uh, you can't. You can't we're, 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 we're so sorry you can't do that. Uh, you, you have to send your email to questions at collegeview.com. And in the chat room tonight, as we're, we're live uh, on location tonight in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, and we're camping out tonight, a bunch of folks camping out, and it's been a miserable experience. <laughs> God bless us with the ability to be here. That's great, but... As camping trips go, it's not been all that great. Well, it hasn't been so bad. I got to watch your mother rocking your your daughter, so I, and that was a pleasure, a great blessing to me. You'd be able to say that. Kind of well, that was, yeah, but it's so wet. I noticed your watch there, guy. Uh, it's been raining so hard. Your watch is full of water. But hey, we're camping, and it's going to be. We're going to have a good time. I was talking about a blessing in America, and, and I got an email. I got an email, so I'm actually stealing emails here, Jacob. Well, that's that's a blessing in yeah, uh, and I got an email from Anthony, Anthony back in Columbia, Tennessee, talking about our great blessing. He says, spiritually speaking, the greatest blessing has to be our freedom to worship God as he has commanded us. What a great blessing that some in the world do not enjoy. We are also blessed to be able to teach others without fear of interference from the government. Further, we're able to use our influence for good in the democratic process. I agree, Anthony. I think some of us wonder how long that may be so, but it is so right now, and, and we should definitely be grateful. All right, let's go to that next question. What do you think are some of the greatest potential dangers of living in the USA? Uh, we, we sort of approached this subject already, but let's expand upon it a little. Joel, you've got some thoughts there you want to share. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10, beginning. When thou hast eaten and art full, that's us here in this country, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. But verse 11, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. If we could say as on a whole, our nation has forgotten the Lord. We have lived a blessed nation. Our nation has definitely forgotten the Lord. Verse 12, when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses, we all have beautiful homes in this country, and dwell therein. When thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, maybe our silver and gold isn't as multiplied as much as maybe some others, but and thou shalt, and, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Verse 14 again warns about forgetting the Lord. Also, though, so one, one warning, don't forget the Lord that has blessed us. Verse 17 of Deuteronomy chapter 8. And when thou say in thine heart, My power and my and the might of my hand hath gotten me this well. So there's a risk that we'll forget God. There's a second risk that we'll then begin to take credit for these blessings and say, I've gotten this. I've the sweat of my own brow. I've worked hard. I've gotten this because of, of my own doing as an individual and not of the Lord. Verse 19 then again warns, This shall be. Thou do that all, forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them. I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. All right? All right. That, all of those thoughts are great, Joel. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think you can see that mirrored in America. Yeah, and that's right along the lines of what 
Chris in Atlanta has written. He says, we live in a country that offers almost unlimited potential for anyone willing to put forth the effort. This can lead us to forget we should be dependent upon God and seek his will. When we're comfortable and we think our comfort is only because of our efforts, then we put ourselves uh, in spiritual jeopardy. Uh, however, there's an emerging trend in this country that is teaching and promoting that it is acceptable to rely on the government to provide all we need. This is equally as dangerous. I'm thankful we live here and do not want to lose our freedom, but historically the church thrives more when it's under persecution. This should serve as a warning to us to take advantage of the incredible opportunity God has given us. I think you're right on, Chris. And along those lines, uh, in, uh, in the UK, Chris has a little bit of it. Well, he says, uh, as an outsider, I would say you really need to be careful of the perception of arrogance, uh, uh, saying that you're the best in the world and uh, saying that, uh, you know, that the Americans are top of the back. So maybe that's some of this self-reliance that you're, you're talking about here. So because I think we were better than everyone else. Yeah, I, I, I think he's right. I got an email up here. Oh, okay. Oh, hey, I didn't know you were looking at the email as well. Yeah, uh, Chris has warned against the perception of arrogance that might come from this. Uh, I got a couple other verses that might tie in with that, Jacob. The idea that you know, look at me, look what I've done. Uh, I don't need God. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this all done on my own. This idea of self-reliance that we ask about in our uh, big question. The church at Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, notice what they said. The Lord said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou work cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked. You see what their idea was? I am rich, increased with goods, I have need of nothing. That could define a lot of people in America here. That's right, Greg. Uh, if you're if you're a history buff in, in the United States and you examine the history of some of the wealthiest people that have existed in our country, you you will come across that statement, well he, he lifted himself by his own bootstraps. He was a self reliant, self made man. But if you examine the details of those people's lives, how many other people did they step on and ruin financially to get where they were because of their love of money? And generating that, the, the passage I read in First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17 charged them that are rich in this present world that they be not high-minded. There's not been a powerful nation on this earth that has not ever one time or another regarded themselves as invincible, Jacob, yeah. and unable to be defeated and unable to be destroyed until God brought judgment against them and, and totally annihilated their nation. The uh, history of the fall of the Roman Empire, for example, is a, a, an excellent example of that. People becoming so wrapped up in themselves and not thinking about God, not pursuing God, wrapped up in their own concerns and, and treating other people with injustice, taking advantage of the weak, the fatherless, the orphans, which Moses warned about so many times when he was warning the people of Israel when they were preparing to cross the Jordan and take conquest of the promised land. He warned them repeatedly about those very things. 
you know, back to the church layout, they, don't you think they were using their, their physical prosperity as a barometer of their standing with God? We got a lot of, we got a lot of stuff. Everything, our life is you know, going like it should physically. Therefore, everything must be okay spiritually. Yeah, I think people do that even today. They think that, uh, well, everything's going good in my life. I'm enjoying good health. And I got a raise on my job last week. God must be happy with me because all these good things are happening. Well, that, that's just foolish thinking, of course, because some of the most horrible people in the world are prospering materially. And that doesn't prove that God's pleased or displeased with you. Uh, uh, we should be grateful for our blessings, to be sure, but we can't take that as a measure of our spiritual standing before God. Uh, Anthony and Columbia talking about this idea of self-reliance, that this definitely could be a problem area. Scriptures tell us that we cannot direct our steps, that we need God to sustain us. I think he's right. Uh, I think we need to remember James chapter 1, verse 17, Bonnie, where it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, it comes down from above of life, and there's no variation or shadow of turning. Uh, our blessing comes from God, Bonnie, it's not because uh, of any merit that you have or any uh, virtue that you may have. Your blessings come as a result of God uh, being gracious towards you. You know, the Bible is pretty clear on that teaching. It's not that I've done really great for myself. There's a lot of people that teach this health and wealth doctrine today that if you just be a really good person to do what God gives you, then you're going to be blessed and prosper financially. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches us. And we get that notion that we've accomplished all this ourselves when we don't have, we quite often fail to realize or fail to remember that we couldn't do anything if God didn't bless us with the abilities to do these things. So, you know, I didn't create myself. God created us. And so without that, we wouldn't be here doing anything. All right. Jack in the chat room, I think our greatest potential is our lack of Bible knowledge and how to deal with the social ills of this world. This is a result of our materialism. We become too busy with ourselves and our pursuits to the exclusion of the pursuit of knowledge. Homosexuality, adultery, and divorce are things which will tear us up if we're not teaching all these things and learning how to use our Bible to confront these issues. Well, that's another danger, I think, if you didn't have it in your list, Dad. But uh, the idea that we get too prosperous, that uh, we don't have time for spiritual uh, liberation. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's right. Uh, we, I heard a saying the other day, Jacob, that even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, we do, we, we get so consumed with pursuing uh, the things of day-to-day life and the material benefits that it might provide for us that we do neglect what's really most important. <laughs> All right. Bonnie, any thoughts? Well, I had one, but it just slipped. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else? Or Joel's got a thought. Along those lines, along those lines there, Luke chapter 12 to verse 15, for a man's life is not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Back to the comment that, that Jack made, pursuing all of our monetary gain, we lose sight of
and serve God at the same time. He can be rich in good works. Abraham was a rich, rich man. He served God faithfully all the days of his life. He is a model of faith for us to, to look at and to challenge ourselves to equal that kind of faith. Uh, but, but he had the dedication for God and following God's instructions that was so vital to keep his wealth from becoming a priority in his life and ruining his spiritual life, destroying his faith, and being swept away with the world. All right. I, I think you're right, Gary. Uh, I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul, First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and things which are despised that God chose gay and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Notice that no flesh should glory in his presence. I was looking at James chapter 2 verse 5. Listen, my beloved brother, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, uh, which he promised to those who love him? I think, uh, I think we see the greater danger and greater challenge to those, towards those who are rich versus those who are poor. And I think you've you thrown that out. You've been to countries where people have nothing practically and uh, much more interest in God. That's right. And, and uh, as the Bible tells tells us that that is the case, that, that material prosperity tends to make us forget about God. Joel read us warnings that, that were Moses gave to the Israelites uh, you know, 3,000 years ago almost. Uh, and so, danger, and we're foolish if we don't keep our eyes open to that danger. But the solution is not to get rid of all your physical possessions so that you're not rich. If Paul didn't give that instruction to the rich, and as you mentioned there in first chapter 6, uh, the instruction, though, is be on guard and be careful because there is a unique condition. But Jesus did say that anything that would become a hindrance to us, we ought to be willing to forsake. Uh, uh, in Matthew chapter 5, uh, Verse 29, if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it's promised for thee one of thy members to perish not, but thy whole body should be cast to hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it's promised for thee that one of thy members to perish not, but thy whole body should be cast to hell. So we'd be better off, uh, to not, uh, be, we'd be better off to do without some of our prosperity if it became a threat to us. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll hand it back to Jeff again. We'll get this week's bullet point, and then we'll come back on the other side and we'll get your comment. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Eight, seven, or no, questions and comments you've done. No, wait, get us tonight. Or in the chat. Or in the chat. And uh, we'll take it back uh, to Jeff, and Jeff will give us a, uh, an audible uh, signal when he's ready. I think we're down in the chat room, Jeff. So if you give us an audible signal when you're ready, uh, we'll come back on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The first follow study continues right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. A bulletin from a denominational church included notices about a wide variety of social activities. These included a ladies' breakfast, quarterly fellowship for seniors, an after-school club for youths, a Christmas program, youth and teen group meetings, and a 60th wedding anniversary reception. 
For those of us who are not familiar with such things, the listing of social and recreational activities may seem incredible, but this list would pale by comparison to some of the more liberal denominations. Also in the bulletin were the latest attendance numbers. The Sunday morning worship boasted 201 present, but the Sunday evening worship had only 63. A poor record, wouldn't you say? Less than a third of those who attended Sunday morning returned for the evening service. We have a simple point to make. For years now, most of the denominations have stressed the importance of secular appeals to draw people to their assemblies. Some of our own brethren have been foolish enough to follow this course. Look at the results. There is an apparent lack of genuine commitment on the part of those who have been thus drawn by the secular appeals. The fact is that when men abandon the power of the gospel, Romans 1.16, in favor of these methods, they are destined to fail. The church of our Lord simply cannot compete effectively in the entertainment business, but of course the Lord never intended it to. Those who are faithful will continue to follow God's wisdom in making the gospel the basis of our appeal to the lost. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 21. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. Gracias. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. Hey, we're back on the virtual Bible study tonight. We appreciate you for joining us on the July 4th edition as we're live uh, from a campground tonight, Morrisburg, Tennessee. I appreciate Jeff for being back at the controls and making it uh, possible for us to get on the air tonight. We're reminded this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you have any questions about anything you've heard on our program or you'd like more information about what we believe will be practice, we'd love to hear from you. Questions at collegeview.com is the way you can touch us tonight. We're talking about Living in America and some of the challenges we face in America. We're having a round table discussion tonight. Uh, yeah, with a bunch of campers, no video tonight, and that is a blessing uh, that you can uh, you don't want, for. You don't want to see us tonight. Right. Well, we've, got, we've been in a, a, a funny mess all day. It's not your hair. It's not your hair. Well, that's what happens. Go camp. And thanks again to Jeff for being willing to uh, man the board back at the church building. And, uh, you know, Jeff is thinking, Planning to leave us to go off to college, we're thinking about not letting it do it. That's right. We're, I've been in touch with the president of the university, and I'm trying to get his admission for both. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, when we're talking about some of the things that we enjoy that can be potential dangers to us, I, one of the things that I suggest might be a problem is our very insane cultural value of majority rule that I, I have as much say as anybody else. And when you put everybody together, it's what the majority of people want is what should be done. I mean, we really, we really hold to that here. We think that is, is the way the, the government ought to be run. And we actually get pretty upset when it's not that way. I don't know uh, about our listeners, but I think several of us here uh, assembled in this room tonight as we're talking about, we've talked before, it's quite frustrating when we send uh, congressmen and senators off to Washington, D.C., and then they vote against the will of the people who elected them. We think we should have a say, and, and majority rules should be the, uh, the norm, and uh, it doesn't always happen that way, but that's the way it's supposed to work in our country. Now, since we believe that so strongly, uh, at, at least in the way our government is to be run, you see that it could be a danger to us uh, spiritually? Yeah, I think uh, I think the idea is that we begin to think is, well, i got to say it. But, you know, my voice is as good as anybody else's. And it maybe even goes, I should say, my voice is as good as God's. 
with elders. You know, I think you've seen that network. Uh, you know, Joe Member thinks that she I got just as much say as, as the elders have and uh, helping public run. Uh, but it, I think it makes it uh, escalating to how we do our fellowship with God. I think that's right. No, we're not. I, I rule myself. I have a voice. I get to choose the way I think things should be. But then we, you know, the church is not a democracy. Uh, and, and we don't have a voice in, in running things. We're to submit. You know, really when we get down to it, the church is not a democracy. It's a, a theocracy, so to speak, I guess. Or, and you might even look at it as a dictatorship. Because God, one, he's in charge. Uh, he's the head of the government of the church. He makes all the rules, and he absolutely, really, and truly doesn't care what our opinion is about it, other than to the fact that we need to conform our opinion to match up with his. Because he, he doesn't need us in order to be God. He's, he was already there before we were created, and if we was to become instantly no more, he would still be there, and it's just it's just fine with that. And that's something we miss out on in America is the idea that uh, that Christ is king. Uh, God uses that imagery uh, as he's describing Jesus. He's going to reign on David's throne. And and people who had lived in, uh, uh, under a system like that, they would be able to draw that imagery. We don't have that at our disposal as readily. And so we may be missing out on something like that. Yes, in, in the letter of, to the Ephesians from the Apostle Paul in chapter 5, in verse 23, Christ is also the head of the church, being himself the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands. But he's illustrating the church and how the church is to be subject to Christ. And that calls upon us to have the right sort of attitude in mind. It's very difficult sometimes in a, in a free country where we where we tout the benefits of living in a of democracy and more uh, majority rule and that sort of thing. So sometimes it's difficult for us in America to, as Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 2, beginning in verse 3, do nothing through faction or through vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, each counting other better than himself, not looking each of you to his own things, but each of you also to the things of others. Have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus. It's difficult for us to do that sometimes. All right. I think you're right, Gary. We got some uh, emails here, one from Anthony. Anthony says uh, we should not, but we should be looking to the absolute truth of God's word, and at the congregational level, we must admit to the elders not on majority rule. That it should make it harder for us to comply with these principles. All right, and Chris in Atlanta says, when our woman lawmakers legalize certain things. Some forget that God's law supersedes man's law. Our lawmakers have legalized abortion. Some states recognize gay marriage. Some legalize marijuana. Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's acceptable for a Christian. I would agree with those observations. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the person you can, I think, does uh, sort of it all in one there. Okay. Uh, all right, let's change let's change course a little bit uh, before our break. Um, in the chat room, Danny says uh, we were talking about prosperity and how it can hinder our uh, spiritual uh, spirituality. Danny says there's another end to this spectrum. Myself and many other younger Americans are finding that to simply keep food on the table, clothes on the kids, and access to the doctor 
create a monopoly on our time. It's not that we're accumulating wealth. We're just trying to keep things going. Or for college kids, they're studying for hours and attending endless classes in order to make it through with good grades to get a decent job, which is getting harder uh, to find also. And he goes on and adds, this is not inhibiting me from worshiping or studying for myself, but I am hard-pressed to find any time to study with non-Christian friends. What about that, uh, that idea Danny says, the pressures of this life, especially for a young person, and maybe a young person with a family, uh, make it a difficult uh, uh, Well, uh, obviously, it's a balancing act. We, we, all, we have a number of priorities that we're pursuing. Teaching the lost is, should be a priority for all of us as Christians, but uh, you know, providing for my family is also a necessity. Uh, there are other requirements as well. So it all has to be balanced. And, and uh, I think we pray for wisdom in making those decisions and try to keep everything prioritized as it ought to be. I, I would agree with Danny. It's a challenge for young people and old people alike. Uh, I think that's certainly an area where, as James 1.5 says, we should pray for wisdom making application what we know to do is right. All right, did you have any Well, I understand what Danny's saying, but I think he's just at a sort of a beginning on that because as we get older, maybe our children are grown and gone out of the home, but there's still other things that come up to interfere with our teaching the lost or other aspects of our worship to God. Quite often, maybe it might be health issues that we didn't deal with when we were younger. Or your parents. Maybe your yeah, we have to deal with uh, something like for ailing family members, we have to provide help for those. So it doesn't matter what point in our life we are, we still have those things that want to interfere with our worship and our serving God properly, and we still have the challenge of establishing the proper priorities and then pursuing. That's the word I think I would look for their prioritization here in your thoughts. Yes, uh, I, think, I think that's true, Monty. And uh, the, the person is not... We, we shouldn't live under unrealistic expectations. Uh, we we have this balancing act, and we have to take advantage of the opportunities that, that come our way to do good to other people, to teach them as we have the opportunity to do. And, and if we look for those opportunities and take advantage of them, they'll come. But it's, it's unrealistic to expect that one person might create uh, convert an entire community, for example. Uh, but people who are sensitive to their role as Christians, to be lights in the world, to teach other people as they have responsibility, these things conscientiously bother them about how much do I need to be doing this and am I to neglect some other responsibility in order to do it. I think that's right. That's I, I'm glad that Danny and other young Christians have that sensitivity. That's a good thing. Uh, but I'm like, Gary, I don't think we need to be beating ourselves up when we're trying to do the best we can. We don't have to beat ourselves up. I think God knows what we're dealing with. Uh, he loves us when we do well. He blesses us uh, as we're trying. And, and then we just keep striving to do more. And, 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 and a lot of our responsibility becomes a, a, a gauge by our uh, ability. Uh, and uh, again, God will hold us accountable based upon our ability. So if, 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 if you've got the gravy job where you, you've got all this free time, then I think God's going to hold you accountable. You have more opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so you have, therefore, you have great.
Tommy, we've got to talk about individual rights. What do you think? What do you talking about? Well, let's see. Could, could the fact that we have individual rights be a, a detriment to us spiritually? All right. And then we also, maybe just at the end, we'll try to contrast this physical nation we live in with the eternal spiritual kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to give it back to Jeff one more time. We'll take it to uh, take a break, and then we'll go to the top of the hour. Stay tuned. The first Bible study will be back right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in a study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. In an effort to eliminate all known scriptural references to homosexuality being sinful, a new gay-friendly Bible has been released. It's called the Queen James Version. We're not making that up. The Queen James Version features a rainbow homosexual cross on its cover and makes changes to scripture passages it feels have been wrongly construed to condemn homosexuality. That information is via the Christian News. The Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 6, beginning verse 9, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program tonight. We appreciate you for joining us on the 4th of July, 2013. As we talk about America, it seems like the right thing to do to talk about America and talk about our blessings of living. United States, and uh, also consider states that are associated with those blessings. Uh, the majority rule is a good thing in government. Uh, we believe it's not necessarily it's not necessarily God the God given mandate of how government. Yeah, we should right. that the democratic government is a God ordained necessity. God is is fine with a monarchy, and as far as that's concerned, uh, and God may even be okay with. That dictatorship uh, under certain circumstances, but uh, uh, given, given it the right way, we're not talking about politics on the program, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can be bad when it infiltrates our thinking and changes the way that we view ourselves in relationship with God and the relationship with others. And uh, you also wanted to talk about individual rights. I suggest one of the other things that could become a curse to us living in America is, is our cultural value of individual rights. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I have freedoms. I have I, I can do as I please. And yet, not necessarily a bad thing. No. In and of itself, in, uh, in politics and in society. But it can infiltrate our thing. Chris in Atlanta says, we have many rights and personal liberties in the USA, for which I'm grateful. However, as stated previously, just because it's legal and my right to do it, and it, it is my right to do it, does not mean it's acceptable in God's eyes. We should, I think that's a good point. We should definitely... <laughs> If you get to imagine just because it's allowed culturally, is that it that makes it right spiritually? 
And as you say, we should be humble people that readily give up our rights and comforts for the needs and benefits of others. We are commanded to esteem others more highly than ourselves and again to submit to one another. This requires us to give up our individual rights sometimes. Bonnie, uh, is Anthony right there that uh, I don't necessarily have rights all the time? Well, even though we have, may have the rights all the time, we also have the responsibility that does a lot of those rights. Uh, just because I have the right to freedom of speech, I have to be responsible to speak properly. Just because I have the right to free speech doesn't mean I can say anything. I don't have the right to be rude to other people. I don't have the right to use bad language and, and things like that. I still have a responsibility to use that freedom of speech properly. Uh, we talked a lot about our freedom of expression and people in our country in the last uh, decade or so has got to when they do all sorts of vile things in the name of freedom of expression. Well, just because I have the right to express myself doesn't mean I have to have the right to have to use that opinion poorly and express it in a in a really terrible way. You know, I think it's been pointed out a lot of times that our founding fathers, when they gave us the freedom of speech, they never envisioned that it'd be taken to the limit that some people have taken it. Where all kind of vile stuff is being propagated. Uh, I don't think that's what they did. It's certainly what God intends. So we shouldn't let that idea that I have a right, I can say what I want, I can do what I want. We shouldn't let that right be taken to an extreme that would cost mine what God would have us to do. And we, our ultimate responsibility with our freedoms is to serve God, but, and however, whatever else that goes along with that has to fall in its proper place too. Yeah. But really ultimately what I want or what I desire is irrelevant if, if, if we don't put God first. And that's how our freedom should be used, is responsibly and in putting God first. I think that's right. Any other thoughts, guys? Okay. Sin is a reproach to any nation. And uh, Paul wrote in First Corinthians 10 and verse 24, Let no man seek his own, but each his neighbor's good. So we have that responsibility, and that, that governs, how we speak to people and what we say. I heard it illustrated one time, uh, do I have the right to stand up in a crowded theater and yell, fire, fire, and, and create a panic where people are trampled to death and that sort of thing. So, so there's limits to this idea of individualism and individual rights. Even, even from a, a governmental or a common sense standpoint, certainly from a God-ordained standpoint, uh, there are limits to what we can do as individuals, and we should. And, and the whole business is that we must submit to God and, and live His will in our lives. Realize, of course, that He always can all those things for our good. All right. So, in our relationship to God, the idea of individual right does not uh, does not enter into the equation. Uh, I think it also has, though, that I agree that it has implications to us in our association and our dealings with other people. Go ahead, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Well, our individual rights, I mean, I, I have a right, Paul says in Romans chapter 14, you have a right to do certain things that are not uh, sinful in and of themselves, but if they offend someone else, your individual right goes out the window. Uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 14, uh, verse 19, Therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace, the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but if it is evil for the man who eats it, uh, with offense. Paul said, you know, there's certain things you have a right to do, but if it's going to offend someone else, you better well, well, understand the word offend. That we lead them into the right. sinful conduct. Right. Philippians 2, verse 3, beginning, In lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Let not 
mine being here, which was also in Christ Jesus. And that was the, that was the context of the passage that I mentioned, First Corinthians 10 and verse uh, 24, let no man seek his own good, but each his neighbor's good. He's talking about things that are lawful, but they may not be expedient. And things may be lawful, but they may not edify. And he closes out that section uh, by saying that uh, I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of the many that they may be saved be imitators of me, even as I also am Christ. And Romans, yeah, first, back in first Corinthians chapter 8, verse 13, Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. All the right eat meat, it was this individual right. But if it caused another brother to stumble, he wasn't going to do it, he wasn't going to touch me, uh, in order to, to, to serve his brother. All right. Well, Jacob, we've talked about a lot of things We've got a lot of great things to enjoy. Blessings to be grateful for living in America. We've talked, uh, hopefully, about some of the things that can be dangerous for us to be on guard about. Uh, we've got to be careful. We can, our blessings can become curses to us. As someone said once, you, you can drown in a tub of butter. Yeah. We are in a tub of butter, but you might drown in that tub of butter if you're not careful. So we do have to be careful. One last, we just got a couple minutes left, Jacob. Uh, what about, what do you tell us to see? Uh, our emailers didn't really pick up on the question. Maybe the question is too big. What do you see as some of the contrast between this physical nation we live in and the spiritual kingdom of Christ? Uh, Money, any thoughts along those lines? What does I think about that? Uh, we live in a very prosperous nation. There's even been people when we talk to them sometimes and ask them, don't you want to go to heaven? They say, well, what's wrong with Tennessee? Because we, we, <laughs> we, we have it so good here, but what we have to understand is that when we think about that, and we think about heaven, well, heaven is is an even better place, and it's eternal. If we get there, it, we don't have to worry about our camper roof leaking or whatever, because we 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 see the presence of God. Never go from place to thing. We've got so good here, we're not looking for we, We've got it really good here in that nation, and, but... It's going to be better. Be I remember a story a fellow told, you know, a guy was describing his ideal home site. He, he wanted, you know, a hundred acres. He wanted there to be a pond with a hill where you could build a house overlooking the pond and the woods behind it. He, he drew a real picture of the place he'd love to have. And the other guy said, I would not want a place like that. And he said, what do you mean you wouldn't want a place like that? He said, if I had a place like that, he said, it'd be hard for me to remember this because it's not my home. Yeah. And that's what we got to be careful about. So we put too much emphasis on the physical. Yeah. And when we think about the, when we contrast the physical year of comparison with the heaven, which is eternal, that's where our goal needs to be. Exactly right there. Like the old brother in Christ that used to pray, Greg, uh, actually, when leading in public prayer, he would say, Lord, give us some hard times. Yeah. And there's a very good reason for that prayer. I think you're right. Exactly right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Uh, Hebrews 12, 28 says, Wherefore we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be removed. Let us have grace whereby the Holy Spirit God acceptably with reverence God with you. As great as America is, Jacob, and the blessings that we enjoy here, the spiritual kingdom of Christ far supersedes it. Uh, it's eternal. It's a kingdom that will never be moved, cannot be moved. Uh, I think we could imagine a time when the United States of America will no longer exist. If time goes on long enough, we can almost practically guarantee 
number of Americans that would disagree with you strongly about that, Greg. Uh, the greatest nation on earth, the most powerful nation on earth, nobody can beat us. Yeah, but I think that, I, I'm sure you agree with me that this got it confident to excellent, excellent point. Greg. Yeah, uh, and you know, truthfully, when we see some of the rather horrible things that are going on in our country and some of the unrighteousness that is abounding, God never allowed previous nations to continue indefinitely when He always brought His judgment against them, and we have to believe that God will bring His judgment against this country if we continue. And the immoral force we follow. Well, you know, it, 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 the times are shocking around us and, and can be depressing, but if any blessing can be found, can come from it, it does remind us that this world is not our own, that we're headed for a better country. As you mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, that those who have been of faith desired a better country, and, uh, and that's what we go for. All right, uh, quickly in the chat room, uh, Jack says, if our government was governed by God, we all would look at issues. If not, we must speak out and do all we can to educate the world on God's will. Thank you for that, Jack, and we agree. Uh, Danny says personal liberties being preserved by the government and this society are essential for us to continue uh, uh, for us to continue to worship that God as we see fit. As the government encroaches on that right, we will endure more scrutiny in regards to our worship. We must we want free speech to continue in order for us to be able to preach God's word as we know we should. Uh, also may, around us may misuse these, and that is unfortunate, but we have got law governing us. Uh, the way I see it, uh, we want govern, government leaving us alone in order to not interfere with uh, that law, which we know will always supersede God's law. Uh, so appreciate uh, those comments uh, from Jack and from Danny. I appreciate the, our listeners joining us on the 4th of July. Yeah, 4th of July, we're in the campground at Davy Crockett Big Park, Spartanburg, Tennessee. Appreciate all these folks who joined us, fellow campers tonight, also fellow participants on the Virgin Bible Day. Thanks, man, for being here. Thank you, guys, for your kind Thanks for having me. Thank you, Gary and Joel. Thank you very much. Appreciate you for being here. And uh, we appreciate you for listening. Thanks right. again to Jeff for running us yes, for it. Thank you to Jeff. Jeff took time from his holiday tonight to help us out. Appreciate that, uh, Jeff. And uh, appreciate uh, your time tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for listening to the program. We'll benefit from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back at this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to live God's first in your life. Study is inspired word of the Bible. Love to find every day. You'll never regret Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets right. at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.